0: Good morning. I'm Harley Schlanger from the LaRouche Organization. It's February 25th, 2022, and I have your daily update. And look, the situation is extremely fluid, still very dangerous. Uh, the Russians say they have accomplished their initial objectives of hitting at the Ukrainian military sites. The, uh, what Putin has said the Russian intention is to demilitarize and denazify Ukraine. And there are some questions about this that have been asked, but I want to start by just identifying the Western response actually proves exactly what the Russians were saying, which is that the intent of the provocation that is not negotiating directly and honestly and openly with the Russians about the security guarantees that Putin was insisting on is the the, the response has been or was initially that there would be economic penalties that Russia would have to pay if they invaded Ukraine. Now, what Putin put forward, and let's just put this out there on the table before we get started, is he asked for security guarantees, which included Ukraine not joining NATO, which included no offensive weapons aimed at Russia on Ukrainian soil, and the fulfillment of the Minsk Agreements, which were signed by Ukraine, which included negotiations with the people in Donetsk and Luhansk. None of those were met. None of those were taken seriously. Blinken and Biden immediately said on receiving the request for new draft treaties from Putin that these are out of the question. And what Putin was starting with was the 1990 through 1994 agreement of the West, that if Russia peacefully disbanded the Warsaw Pact, that there would be no eastward expansion of NATO. That promise was broken repeatedly. And so this was the issue that Putin was raising, that over the years, there's been incursions against Russia, intrusions against the Russian population uh, in eastern Ukraine, uh, sanctions against Russia at the, the drop of a hat, with fake cases like the Skripal case and the Navalny case. And, And now what we're seeing is that the Russians are at a point where they have had it. They're not going to continue negotiating when they see their security interests threatened. And maybe the last straw was when Zelensky said that Ukraine would consider acquiring nuclear weapons. Now, the West has responded Instantly, as they said they would with sanctions, but what kind of sanctions trying to destroy the Russian economy to undermine Putin's desire to modernize and and upgrade industry and to serve as a with along with China as a nation which can export capital for developing poorer countries. Uh, This is what's being targeted. Now, here's what Putin had to say about sanctions. The sanctions pressure will not lessen our resolve to firmly stand up for our interests. We see that blackmail, intimidation, and threats are the only tools the American policy has in its arsenal, trapped as it is in the stereotypes of a unipolar world and a false certainty that the United States still has the right and can impose its own global rules on everyone this does not work with global powers primarily russia and other key international actors let its satellites and client states which have completely lost their independence follow the threatening shouts coming from the united states now that's a very clear statement that the russians will not be will, will not submit their give up their sovereignty for the sake of peace in a unipolar world order as we've been reporting, the unipolar world order is dead. Whether Biden, Blinken, and others know it, they can no longer order other nations to accept the kinds of punishments from the International Monetary Fund, from international bankers, from militaries that, that are unleashed against them if they don't go along with the unipolar order. That's, that order is dead, and we're seeing it die in Ukraine. Now, what Putin has said uh, the Russians want is a guarantee of a neutral Ukraine with no weapons and demilitarization and denazification. Now, the question came up from several people. Uh, Zelensky is Jewish. Uh, Why would he be in a government of Nazis? Now, the whole government of Ukraine is not Nazis. There are still a few opposition figures, although they're being suppressed. The so-called democratic government of Ukraine is shutting down the opposition forces. Uh, But the issue of the Nazis in Ukraine, which is being made fun of by some of the Western media, uh, is just a a matter of ignorance or, more importantly, a cover-up. There are groups such as the Azov Battalion uh, and, and others that exist as P- uh, militia that are armed, that were involved in the Maidan square coup in 2014, that are incorporated in some cases in the military and security forces of Ukraine. Uh, Yarosh, one of the leaders of, of the, 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 these ultra-nationalist right-wing ethnic cleansing Ukrainians, has been an advisor to the defense minister. Uh, there's another character, Andrei Biletsky who has who's organized large demonstrations including 10,000 demonstrators in the Maidan square in October 2019 under the slogan no to surrender this was an attempt to pressure zelensky to not accept the minsk accords that was considered surrender and that his zelensky's call for a mutual pullback from the line of contact that is to stop the fighting was called a surrender. There were threats to Zelensky. He was uh, essentially threatened. There was an assassination attempt. Uh, you know, whether, whether he has the courage to stand up to that, apparently he does not. But the calls for denazification are extremely important. The question is, why is the European Union covering up for people who openly march in the streets with Nazi insignias? for people who say they want to ethnically cleanse part of their country. How is that tolerated in the supposedly uh, diversity uh, uh, committed European Union, that they would allow such things to exist? And if you trace the history of these nationalist forces, they go back to those who joined with the Nazi SS during World War II and exterminating non-Ukrainians, including Jews, Poles, Russians, and others. So this is a, a factor, an important factor, especially since it's these forces that have threatened the ethnic Russians living in the Donbas. And what Putin has said is that the Russian military, if necessary, will protect the people in that area. Now, Another question was sent to me about Putin's discussion of Ukraine as a nation. This is a, a very tricky question, you know, as it is for many of these areas to, to, to determine boundaries and borders that grew up in the Europe of the old oligarchy, the Austro-Hungarian Empire, the Polish uh, nation, which has been cut up and divided repeatedly, Germany, which is extended itself and and been cut back. Uh, The Czech Republic, the the Balkans, there's a mishmash there. Now, how do you solve those problems? Well, you have modern boundaries, you have borders, and you have a commitment to the idea of sovereignty. But under the European Union, that sovereignty has been somewhat removed to the extent that everything goes to a European court and the idea of a nation itself has been compromised. Now, the solution to this is a recognition of national sovereignty as a principle of modern uh, political organization. This is something that Lyndon LaRouche has often emphasized, but it's not just sovereignty that we control this turf and it's ours, but sovereignty based on the principle that was crucial for the development of the United States that of the development of economics, of physical economy, of the general welfare, that a nation, a sovereign nation, has a government which is committed to the protection and advancement of its people in their living standards, their education, their health care, and so on. Most Western nations no longer uh, stand up to that standard. We've seen it with the COVID situation, whatever else you wanna think or say about COVID. The fact is that the United States and other Western countries were not prepared for a serious epidemic or pandemic because of the privatization of the healthcare system. A privatized healthcare system benefits the few speculators who own the privatized companies. The, The past tradition in the United States was defined by Hill Burton, which essentially set a standard for hospital, numbers of hospital beds per 100,000 people that included private hospitals, but also public hospitals, charity hospitals, religious hospitals, and so on. You take that away and turn it into a for-profit operation and you reduce the capability to provide for the needs of people under extreme circumstances, whether it's a pandemic or a natural disaster. And so this question of sovereignty is not just a question of blood and soil, which is the way it always was posed before by the European oligarchy, but of a commitment to principles of natural law and the development of people within an area. Uh, It can include a common language and common culture. That's an important aspect of sovereignty, but it doesn't include the exclusion of others The United States was made great by uh, legal immigration, bringing in people from all over the world who were, as the Statue of Liberty said, yearning for freedom. So when you look at the situation in Ukraine and say, well, what is this as a nation? What we're seeing is that there is not a uh, common definition of natural law which defines the country. The Constitution has been changed uh, to include racist uh, aspects, against uh, ethnicities that are not Ukrainian. And so rather than go down that rabbit hole, what we have to do is look at the basis of what is there for guaranteeing common security. And this is what Putin is talking about. He's not talking about ethnic cleansing, he's talking about living under the international law, not the rules-based order because what we've seen with the rules-based order is that those who have the money and the military power make the rules, and those rules are good for them, but not necessarily for the people they're demanding to live under them. Now, there there was one other question that was asked, which is what would be the basis for ending the conflict in Ukraine? And I I think I mentioned it already, but Putin said a, a neutral Ukraine like Finland or Austria, the idea that it would not be part of either a Russia-China bloc or a a NATO bloc, but would be neutral. And secondly, no weapons, no offensive weapons there. Austria has been able to defend its sovereignty without uh, nuclear weapons and without belonging to a bloc. This is the way that, that we should move. This was the whole intent of the non-aligned movement in the 1950s and 60s, which said neither Western Anglo-American policy nor Soviet policy. So neutrality is a real option. And I think the alternative of ongoing war and chaos uh, ought to convince many Ukrainians that now is the time to move away from this idea that NATO is the solution and adopt a neutral future. So that's what I have for you today. I would urge you to go to the shillerinstitute.com website and sign our petition for convening an international conference for uh, a security architecture and an economic architecture which provides for the common good of all. Thank you and see you next week.